Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast. We're the Commander Clash crew, Richard, Seth, Krim, and me, Tomer. Hello, we discuss Commander-related topics. And today, we are going to be covering the top most played spot maroon... <laughs> and today, we're going to be covering the top most played spot removal in the Commander format. And we're mostly going to edhrec.com, and we're looking at the most popular options that people seem to be playing the most, and we're going to give our own grading scale. So as usual with these things, we're going to use a tier list uh, to rank them, because the internet loves tier lists. So at uh, the very lowest uh, ranking, we got D, which is don't play, where we will actively look to cut this card from our deck, and, you know, we hope to randomly discard to gamble or whatever. We don't really want to ever have this card ever in our decks. At C, we consider these like an average card. It's like a mediocre filler card. Uh, we usually don't run them, but sometimes we will run them uh, just to fill the 99. Perhaps, for example, if it's a budget inclusion, like if we're at a very low budget, this might make the cut because, because of that reason. But usually we don't run them too often. At B... Uh, they're only good in certain decks. So they're good in a small percentage of decks, but we're not going to run them in every single deck. But they're, they, they will be good in very particular decks. At A, uh, really good overall. These are good in a large percentage of decks. So in most of our decks, we're going to be running them, but not it's not like a super auto-include that we're going to run every single deck. Uh, but finally, at the coveted S rank, this is literally an auto-include. We're going to run this in pretty much every single one of our decks, and we're going to have a we're going to need a good reason not to include this card in our commander decks if it is available to us. So that's the ranking out of the way. But before we jump into the actual cards, just a quick reminder that you can support the show by heading over to MTG Goldfish. Mer ah, wait, MTGGoldfishMerch.com. Yes. That's yes. the one. We're going. It's yes. So you can get over to SG oh, man. Unfiring Tover's been a bad idea. He's forgotten everything. <laughs> it's too late, Richard. I'm back. MTGGoldfishMerch.com. <laughs> you can buy the, the playmats on Richard's wall. Uh, you can keep my. You can make sure that I keep my job and I don't get fired by buying stuff like playmats. And we're, oh my goodness, Richard. If you're looking at this on YouTube, by Let's the go. way. Uh, you get to check out the sweet T-shirt merch. If you hear, if you're on Spotify, however, just know that me and Richard are holding up our sweet MTG Goldfish T-shirts that you can check out at the store and buy them right now. They're super sweet. Um, and also, uh, you could also help out the channel by our uh, on Spotify. You can like, you can you can you can subscribe or, or whatever, follow it. Um, and then on YouTube, you can you can like and subscribe and hit the dingle dangle. Those are also something that you can help us out with. Just help us out. Anyway, now that we've done the plugging out of the way, let's jump into the cards. And Richard, kick things off with the first card on our list, the most popular one. All right. By far the most played card, Swords to Plowshares, in a whopping 58% of eligible decks. So, like, literally everyone has it. Uh, we all know what it does. Single white mana exile uh, target creature. Its controller gains life equal to its power. Uh, so the crew, Seth, Krim, Tomer, all have it as S tier. They agree with EDH rank. I am sitting here at a B. <laughs> Not even an Why? A, but a B. I'm so confused. Yeah, how? I never play this card. I very rarely play it. I think Path to Exile is actually the better version of it. What? And uh, <laughs> there's other S-tier cards that we'll get to in mono white that I play above swords. So I actually don't 
like swords. Wait, 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 wait. How? Okay, so maybe you don't like swords. Okay, I can. <laughs> that's fine. How can it be a worse version of Path to Exile? I'm. That's the part that gets me. All right. All is right. It this like is, giving this one's pretty close. To- so I, I've spent a long time figuring out: should you play Path or should you play Swords? Okay, and. After playing Mono White for so long, Path is the right answer because Path either self-ramps in an emergency, right? So you can ramp yourself by pathing one of your creatures. If you path an opponent, it triggers the rest of your terrible white ramp that requires your opponents to have more lands than you. It triggers landfall. And giving a person an extra land, I think, is better than giving them life because I usually play creature decks. I need to kill them. Right. Uh, there's also the reverse, though. Swords gains you life to keep alive sometimes. But I, I think it's close enough. But the extra ramping part makes path better than swords, I think. I think it's fairly close, but I think I'd rather I, play path. I, I had I, I, considered I, I, that white creatures were so bad, you just wanted to kill them with your own path to exiles. But that doesn't make sense. It's not as bad as like, you have a token generator. You're making like mentor tokens or something. You can path it to ramp, right? Like There, there are things you can do aside from like really making yourself feel bad. Now, the dream. Let me lay it out for you. Cartographer's Hawk, equipped with a dousing dagger. You hit him in response to the trigger. You you path the hawk. That's five minutes. We're we're gonna we're gonna be talking about Path to Exile real soon. But first, we wanna we wanna finish up Swords to Plowshares. You put those as a B, Richard. All right. So that means you're gonna be put it in a small percentage of decks. Look, look, look. What decks would you actually run Swords in then? Uh, If I'm playing the uh, what's the what's the uh, equipment where you pay Boros to like get an instant out of your deck? Sunforger. Sunforger. Like, if you have some kind of spell slinger deck, you might need it. Okay. Or if you're, like, really desperate. Like, if you're playing a control deck, right, and you're actually overloaded desperate. on removals. Desperate. <laughs> removal, like, check the records. Go back and check most of my white decks. They, they are not running Swords to Plowshares, right? Like, I, I actually wow. do what I say, unlike some people on these tier lists. <laughs> oh, I say my God. Me, All right. I actually All don't right. play it. I actually don't play this card that often. Fired. I, I don't oh. think you should have that much spot removal in your deck. And there are better ones in these colors on the list for me, which I play, right? Oh, I I think that Swords is the best the best creature removal spell in all of Commander. And if I'm building a five color deck and I have room for exactly one creature only spot removal spell, it's gonna be Swords. That's the that's the one that I pick every single time. So uh, sure, it doesn't hit everything, but there's certainly value to being a single mana. And just nothing does what Swords does as far as it exiles a creature. It does it in speed. It only goes a single mana. There's no other card in any color in Magic that does what it does better than it does. So I think it's easy, clear S tier. This is, I mean, yeah, this is literally the best the the best creature spot removal. In the format, I, I didn't know. I didn't know it'd be a hot debate, but here we here's are. The here's the I key, mean, right? <laughs> I agree with you guys. If you only want to remove a creature, but I will pay the extra mana or two to remove other things as well, right? Which is why I will take the other cards, which we haven't talked, like Generous Gift, Chaos Warp, all of those cards. The mana premium for any removal is much better than saving one mana for swords. Because you're not curving out, right? You're not trying to like double spell, like you know, and like obviously in like legacy or something, this is insane, right? But you're not like turn three, like swordsing something and playing a two drop and getting a tempo play, right? You're just like I need to save myself against like maybe a Ristic study 
you know, like there, there's like some other things you might need to kill. So the extra mana is worth the versatility, which makes it down. But yeah, if you want sheer removal and one card removal, this is obviously the most efficient card in the format, right? I, I think it's relevant that it's it's one in, as opposed to being more expensive than the more flexible option. So like having having multiple mana up uh, is difficult for most decks that aren't like draw go focused, uh, like Crimstaff decks, for example. But like, let's say you're dropping a creature that needs to be dealt with on the same turn and you need an instant speed answer. It's much more reasonable it, uh, for me to have one white mana up than, you know, like three white mana up or whatever uh, to deal with. Like, let's say like you're about to combo off of like Vito. I think it's the one that's like whenever you gain life, each opponent loses life. Like you can set up like that combo and you put like Vito on the battlefield with Sanguine Bond or Sanguine or whatever, whatever the one is, like the infinite drain mm-hmm. combo. If I have that sorts of power shares mana up, just need one mana up. I mean, it's more much more likely that I'll be able to swords it than I will to like generous gifted or something. Like I could just that that could be the difference between winning and losing. So I think that one one mana versus three is like super relevant. I I generally agree with what you're saying that I, I too prefer more flexible removal in general. But usually in most of my decks, I'll have one or two just like really efficient creature removal spells. And that's if I'm in white, that's gonna be swords. But I, in general, I think you're right. I want I want things that can hit multiple permanent types and be able to blow up whatever I need to blow up. But I don't think that means you shouldn't play any single targeted you know creature removal so so i I guess that's the difference like i I put a lot of value in having like one maybe two of these effects in my deck and it usually ends up being swords just because swords is so good at its job i i play it in every deck that that i have in white Uh, so i i think yeah like it's i'm i'm not there's no timeline where i'm giving my opponent an additional land uh, if i'm about resource denial so if if that's the case that i'm giving you a resource right so i don't like that so swords however life yeah well i wasn't going to probably kill you with life anyways and you'll 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 know when i kill you and it's not through that it's not through damage so i and even then in aggro decks i still run swords to plot share so uh, like it goes in anything that if it plays white, I'm jamming that card. Uh, it's it's just too good. It's too good. I I I think that there's just way too many things that need to be answered as creatures get better, and there's nothing like a good cheap one mana removal that does not give an opponent a resource. And it exiles. Like exiling yeah. is actually huge because so many so many decks have access to great graveyard recursion. Like oh yeah, every single black deck, for example, but also like white decks too. Like anything that can be sun titan back, you know. Like if you're willing to get rid of that Esper Sentinel, because like Seth is on uh, at the table and he's gonna just like never pay for it, you know. Like you, you got to make sure that it can't be just like sun titan back, you know. The the real value of playing this cheaper removal, Richard, is it leaves you the mana left over to pay the one. You can pay the one <laughs> yeah. very easily, yeah. right? You can pay oh, the one. If you literally had a generous <laughs> gift, you could just remove <laughs> the Ristic Study, right? I I don't know. I I play like very little spot removal. Like I play zero to two spot removal. Uh, like I and Swords doesn't make the cut because we have other S tier cards on the list that I will play above it. But I'm not saying it's trash, right? It's a beast. It's like still usable. But <laughs> it's I, trash for swords. I don't no, know. Saying, I'm feeling I'm like personally trash, offended. Right? By I'm it. saying it's a B. It's like still a good card, but it's I, I wouldn't put it in every deck. Like you just don't want, like I don't want to go down a card and remove something 
and then like just sit there empty-handed, right? Like I'd rather be winning the game, you know, not playing spot removal, removing the one thing that prevents me from winning, which is typically not a creature. Right, you can you know it's typically maybe like oh there's an ensnaring bridge I need to kill right or there is a lightning greaves on something a gen- yeah kind of magic but you know that, that's why that card that, lives right? because <laughs> you don't kill it that's why. doesn't believe sweepers take care of it well. there are other ways to deal with it right you need it to be versatile anyway I'm willing to die yeah. on this hill but I don't want this to be the podcast so uh, next card I want to fall on that sword was, was, okay well, oh, I'm falling on the sword I'm not putting swords in my deck. No. <laughs> I'm not deck. Actually. <laughs> All right, next next card on our list. We have a yeah. we have Swords Part Two. Uh, Path to Exile, literally the same exact card, except rather than letting your opponent gain life, they get to search out a basic land and put it into play tapped. Uh, so, rating wise, I have this as an A. Mostly because it's a little worse than than swords. Like I mentioned, I like to play one to two of these effects in most decks. If it's one, it's swords, and path doesn't get played. If I'm playing like mono white or something, and I want another one of these effects, then path is the the next one up as far as single target uh, targeted creature removal. Giving an opponent, I think a land is definitely way more of a drawback than giving the opponent life. Maybe I could see a little bit of Richard's argument about like if I'm super aggressive, maybe the land is actually you know, more uh, or less of a drawback if you're trying to be super aggro. But in most of the dirtily decks I play, uh, giving the opponent an extra land is definitely way more painful than giving them, you know, four life, five life, 10 life, whatever ends up being. So we have the perfect scale here, right? So Seth went down to an A, Tomer went down to a B, Krim went down to a C, and I went up to an A. So I think it's an advantage. Seth is like, it's slightly bad. Tomer's like, it's really bad. Krim is like, never Whoa. on my watch. Whoa, right. whoa, whoa. Like on the scale no, of giving no, land. No. The only difference between these two cards is land and life, right? So yeah. I will I, I never give is... you another land. <laughs> <laughs> I will never give you another. Not but unless I, I, I don't absolutely think this card's bad. No, no, no. I meant like the, the trade off of giving a land oh. versus giving life, right? Yeah. Because that's the only difference between these two cards. Like otherwise, our ratings should be identical, right? Well, so I actually think this card is actually better than Swords of Plowshares in very specific decks. And the one that's very specific that I'm have in mind is what Richard touched upon is when mono when you're in a white focused deck, like mostly mono white or like Boros or stuff like that, uh, you're gonna be running a lot of these land deficit cards that need help turning on. So like land tax is one of the best white cards ever printed. Uh Night of the White Orchids, a fantastic uh basically white rampant growth. Um, there's a couple other ones that I'm thinking. Cartographer's Hawk is is one of them too, but it's freaking terrible. I would never even run it in any situation. But there's like a couple of these land deficit cards. There's like a new one, Archaeomancer's Map. There's a bunch that are actually really, really good. However, they have this nasty habit. Like they're all they're all based on an opponent having more lands than you. But they all have this nasty habit of like catching you up in terms of lands, and then they sh- they literally turn each other off. So like if you ramp too much with these cards. You no longer your your other cards no longer function, which is I, I think bad design. But um, Path to Exile actually is a way to guarantee that those those cards keep working. So you actually kind of turn that that disadvantage into an advantage. And I actually prefer Path to Exile 
more in source of than source splashers in those particular decks. And I also think it's valid in a landfall deck. Like if you're going four color on math, for example, I think Pact Exile is better than Source of Plowshares because another landfall trigger at instant speed. And also if you're in like a mono white uh tokens deck, like Adeline, for example, I love Adeline so much. But like turning one of those one of those tokens into like a uh, half cost instant speed rampant growth is like really legit. Um, so there's a lot of situations where Path to Exile is better, but in a generic deck, no, Sword of Splashes is so much better. It's just like, in tokens, landfall, and mono white, I, I really like Path to Exile, but Swords, Swords is just, Swords is just so good. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> in a generic I, I, deck. I don't think it's even good in those decks, because as long as there's a green player at your table, you'll never have to worry about being, uh, they'll, they'll always have more lands than you. I've never found, like, playing those cards and having a green player at the pod, I've never found myself lacking, uh, like, ways to, like, turn those cards on. Uh, and, and Path to Exile, as you could see, it, it, it's, it's like, there's a steep drop-off for me. My one creature removal is going to be swords, and then, like literally just anything else almost uh, oftentimes i will not play path to exile and i love path to exile that's a card that i will play religiously in like a 60 card format uh well maybe not anymore which is also sad but like yeah because <laughs> but but the thing here is i in in commander i just don't see me playing this card ever and if i'm playing it it's because it's budget i got the cool full art promo or some like wild artworks or something like that otherwise i'm just not playing it uh, it, I, I, this is one of the, this is close to, it's not a D for me cause I do play it occasionally, but it like, it may be in mono white because, you know, I do need that second cheap one mana removal, but otherwise I am, this is filler. This is a filler card for me. Ironically, I hate Path to Exile in 60 card <laughs> formats. Like I will actively like not play white because i don't want to play this trash card but like i said i agree it's over it's 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 good in white decks i it doesn't actually make the cut most of the time for me even though i put it as a because if i'm only playing zero to two spot removal those are s's but i i think it's good i think tomer and i agree but he somehow lands at a b like secret rendezvous <laughs> like he agrees on all the points <laughs> we, i feel we like you're playing any of that white ramp right <laughs> any of that white ramp which i think you have to be playing if you have white in your deck you, you need this card so look if i'm in a if i'm in a uh, a five color deck and it's not landfall i'm not putting path to exile in but i am that's putting true. source of plowshares in well, and i think that's the main deck. difference what's a five color deck yeah, but that's a five color deck. Like, what oh. if like a two color deck or a three color white deck? Would you be playing this? If it's a mono color deck, oh, am I in I mean, green? Mono, is it I a Selesnia? Like clear, yes. Is it Selesnia? Right? Because I have I have a Boros deck that runs you know a lot of the land deficit cards, and I run. Let's say Azorius. So obviously, anything with green, you would play like real green ramp, right? Because that's just yeah. far superior to everything. But like you know, Azorius or Boros or Boros, yes. There's all right, like, you know, maybe I'll put it as an A, all right? You're right? All right, Richard? Like that's both scenarios. <laughs> large, put this large, in, right? large percentage of decks. All right, you, you got me. You got me? You got me. We got it. Tricky. You're, all making this, you're all making this sound like a rampant growth. And I can count the number of times that I've seen someone path their own creature in ramp in one of our commander games oh. on, like, one finger. I don't even know one hand. Like, it's just, it doesn't seem like something that actually comes up 
all that often. Like, if, I don't I don't think it's really that good. I'm the only one that plays White Sash, and I don't play. But you know how many times I played the terrible White Ramp, and I couldn't ramp because I was ahead on lands a lot. That's, actually, that's true. Crim memes that is, on it, but it happens a lot to me. <laughs> that does. That's why I'm like I'm all in the Tomer, like Lotus Field, Path to Exile plan. Lotus Field is one of the best lands in Mono White. I will stand by it until the the, the end of I times. I agree. <laughs> Why? All right, all right. Enough about this one mana removal. What's up? Who's next? <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Krim, what do you got for us? So up next, we have Beast Within, which is in 41% of decks, uh, according to EDH Rec. And, I mean, it's just a 3-3. Three, three. I mean, it's a green spell, two and a green, and you blow up any uh, permanent, uh, and you give that person a 3-3. Three, three. Now, <laughs> I rate this at an A. I, I think this is... Now, my issue with it is that it is three mana, right? And I do, I do like it in, like, I do like it in three, like, as a three mana removal spell, it does hit anything. Like, so, like, in green specifically, I think that's pretty nice. So, I, I think it's almost an auto include, except, like, this is, like, for me, I shift between A and B, or A and S here, because... I feel like almost, like, most of the time, there's just better things than spot removal in green. Um, like in green, like it, it, instead of playing this, I can probably just play, I don't know, like a Bane of Progress or something, right? And I'm not looking to blow up a ton of lands. And if I am, I'm just going to use like probably like Ghost Quarter or something like that, which I could reoccur. Green has more utility outside of Beast Within. I don't think it needs spot removal. So like, like, it, like instead of removing something, I'm just going to keep putting better threats, because green has all the threats. So in, <laughs> if I'm playing green, I will just front load my deck with threats, not be the person trying to answer anything. I'm going to be the person that's ramping and just forcing you to answer them. And it's and it's not going to matter because it's all redundant. It's green. It's all same power level bombs. And I'm just going to keep jamming them. Wait, so green is like, nonsense. Literally this is beneath me. <laughs> You'd play literally zero removal spells if you were playing a green deck? None. If, if I'm like most of the time... If I'm playing a green deck that isn't like a, a meme deck, I will probably just play some removal, but like most of the time, probably not. I'm just gonna go hard on making I you agree answer with my Krim. stuff in a weird, <laughs> twisted sense. Like in all of my decks, that's why I play no removal, but I do play like one or two to keep it sane. And that one yeah. or two is Beast Within, hence it's S for me. But yeah, you should play other cards than spot removal. But if you are gonna play spot removal, it's gotta be Beast Within. <laughs> Every every commander clash, someone plays Dranith Magistrate, and the whole table says, "Oh, I'm playing removal, play more removal." And now we're doing a podcast, and we're saying, "Don't, don't this play." This explains any so removal. much on why Richard Please, hates Dranith Magistrate and so much. He's like, "I don't believe <laughs> no, it's spot removal," but also, I personally Dranith have no Magistrate issue with it. I'm just saying card. for the general casual EDH crowd, my response Ooh. is, "You just chill out and you wrath the board, right?" Like, you don't. I'm not going to fire off a beast with another Dranith Magistrate unless I'm like trying to combo off with my commander, right? Like, well, you, you do rather not like onto inversion a single Dranith Magistrate. Trades his caster yes. commander as opposed to just like pay two mana to destroy it. Hundred oh. percent. I would not swords a giant magistrate, right? Unless I'm literally dying on the spot. I would not be wasting my precious swords on a giant magistrate, right? So no, I would not. Oh. 
I love Beast Within. I have it as easy as here. This is another card that uh, if I'm building a five-color deck and have very <clears throat> limited slots, this is going to be there because hitting anything at instant speed for three mana, is that's exactly what you want in Commander because Commander is a format where you got powerful artifacts, you got powerful enchantments, you have powerful lands that need to be dealt with, and this gets rid of anyone. And in Commander, when you start with 40 life and you have all these big things and you have a Commander, a 3-3 three, three is nothing. Sometimes in 60-card formats, a 3-3 three, three actually is like a threat that could end up being a problem but in commander giving a person a single 3-3 token most of the time is is negligible it's really not a big deal so i think this is uh, maybe the best removal spell in commander like the very tip top of the s tier for me i put it also as an s i i, I agree with, with seth like the, the flexibility here is kind of insane that can deal with any permanent um, it's three mana, so you might not always have three mana up to, like, respond instantly to something. But, you know, like, the fact that that hits literally every single permanent, uh, not only is it, like, absolutely insane in green, because green just doesn't have a lot of ways of dealing with, uh, creatures, for example. Like... Yeah, it does. I mean, it does in the sense, like, <laughs> it's you can green. fight it, for example. <laughs> fight fight is significantly like, worse, right? <laughs> yeah, but, like... It, like, fighting means you, you still need a creature on the battlefield, and the creature needs to be as big or bigger than the target you want to fight. Um, so there, are, there is a hoop that you have to jump through. It's not the, the hugest hoop for, for a green deck, but there is a hoop. Like, yeah. let's say <laughs> your, your board got wiped, and then somebody plays a must-answer a must threat. Beast Within's going to deal with it, whereas you'd have to be like, all right, let me play my creature, let me fight first. Uh, and this is at instant speed. And what I also really like is that it can hit lands. Because it could hit any permanent, right? Let me. I'm double checking actually. Right it now. does. It hits yeah. any permanent. No, you can kill. Permanent. You can kill. Yeah. Flipped dousing dagger with it. So <laughs> you so can also usually, make a blocker too. You yeah. can actually hit yeah. one of your things to make a blocker. You can trigger death triggers on your stuff if you really wanted. Like it's just you so can, versatile. Cool. It's insane. But like, but yeah. Also, as we keep getting more crazy lands, having having like this Swiss Army knife where it's like, all right, I can deal with your field of the dead with the same thing that it can also deal with a creature which they also can deal with an enchantment or a planeswalker and everything uh i think is is kind of insane utility and like i put this lower before uh compared to something orzov answers like am i gonna put this in like a four color deck a five color deck i actually will kind of sometimes uh and this is like kind of insane in two color decks three color decks also mono green like if you're not putting this in a mono green deck i don't know what what to say like you, you gotta you gotta like this is it's so good I don't think I've ever played a, a mono green deck without it. So um, I, this card is an S. Yeah, like, see, the thing is, I, it makes it sound like I don't think this card is good. This card is good. And give I it an A. Play. It's very good. Yeah, like, it's still good. I just, just don't, don't put know if it in an auto-include. Yeah. yeah, so, like, and again, I think that instead of just playing this to remove an artifact, I just play Bane of Progress. That's like an S, and it's a body, mm. right? So in, in green, I will always play something that is attached to a body. Yeah, that's fair. All right, uh, we'll move on to a card that's basically a color-shifted uh, Beast Within. This is a Generous Gift, and uh, very much like Beast Within. Uh, this is two and a white this time for an instant that says destroy target permanent. Its controller creates a 3-3 green elephant creature uh, token. I think this card is a little bit better only because it makes an elephant token, and I think elephant tokens are strictly superior to beast tokens. <laughs> I actually think this card is 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 slightly just like worse than Beast Within, a decent amount actually, but it's still a strong A because I think white has so many things that can answer 
like all the threats like you had mentioned uh mm-hmm. tomer and like instead of answering a land with this i would just probably mass land destruction instead <laughs> <I> would, like <laughs> the thing here uh but but no like I, I i generally think that this card is still strong it's still pretty powerful i'm putting it in most of my decks if i'm playing white like mono white i'm definitely putting it in there right i think this is probably better than swords uh or not swords uh path like it is better than path uh so i will put this over that but i do think that white does not need the the, the generous gift card as much as <laughs> probably green needs peace with you it. You put path at sea, so I totally <laughs> hope it's better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, yeah. I, I was like, wait a minute, it's better than path, but not worth the soul. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah it's no, the no, exact no. same card. The colors don't matter. You would play both. If I'm playing Selesnya, I'm playing both. Mm. If I'm playing 5C, I'm playing both. Uh, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Uh, next up, we have Chaos Warp. Uh, same shtick, almost. So three mana. Instant at red, it's a permanent, uh, and they shuffle into their library. It re- they reveal the top card of the library and puts it onto the battlefield. So a little random element there, but it hits anything. But it also shuffles back. This, I have it. Is... I have it as S. Seth has it at A. Krim has it as A. Tomer has it at C. To me, it's the same as Beast Within and Generous Gift. It's like literally the same, but the red version. Yes, there's some slight differences, and maybe you flip an Eldrazi off the top, but like that's very rare. Um, but yeah, so to me, it's the I, same. I, so I, Seth I, and Krim, what do you guys so, think? So, okay, so, so my A ranking, it is similar, but I don't think it's the same. I think the downside is a lot higher. A 3-3 ain't nothing in Commander. You never know what's going off the top of your opponent's deck, and sure, it's probably not going to be an Eldrazi, but even a random 3-drop or a 5-drop or an Eternal Witness, that's, you know, a pretty big deal to give your opponent for free. That said, I like it a lot in mono-red decks and other, some other red-color combination decks that struggle with removing things, like uh, is it isn't great at getting a certain permanents, like uh, artifacts or enchantments off the Chance. battlefield. Uh, so I feel like that's where Chaos Warp shines. So great in like mono red decks, some two color decks, but beyond that, I'm playing Generous Gift or I'm playing the Beast Within or whatever in this slot. Yeah, I mean like this card I think is strictly worse than the previous two, uh, but I think it's it, it surpasses them in one department, the fun department. There is a the random element is hilarious, and I love that. Uh, so I'll often play this because I think it's way more fun than just oh it's a three three. I think the the thrill of a, a blind flip in a red deck is hilarious. As I say this, I won't give you a land, but this this might give you a land. But like, uh, I I don't know. I I I think this card though is strictly worse than the previous two. Uh, but Chaos Warp is still decent. Just like Seth had mentioned, I play it in my Grixis deck sometimes because I need to answer enchantments. So, Homer. I hate this card. I hate this Why? card so much. I Why? Hate it so much. I, I, it's, you have a C. So, how, how is this a C? All right. So I will acknowledge that this is a good card. It is very similar to Beast Within and Generous Gift. It's the same cost. It's instant speed. And it deals with any permanent, which, again, is literally the exact same as Beast Within and Generous Gift. And I also concede that Red has more difficulties dealing with, you know, uh, creatures, at, I mean, at low cost, I guess, uh, creatures and enchantments, and maybe Planeswalkers, you know? So it makes sense that this card is, is good in particular decks. But I will tell you that my experience with this card has burned me so many times. I have flipped Ugins. I have <laughs> given people Field of the Dead. 
I have given people uh, Mirari's Wake. It just it just hurts every single time I think about every single time I cast this card. It hurts. It's kind of like Gamble. Like I acknowledge that Gamble is a good card. However, the random element keeps burning me that I'm not going to play it unless I I have to. I have to. Maybe maybe I'll put in a red deck as a concession that I need to have a response to enchantments. Maybe. Maybe. And I think I think that the random factor is is funny in Commander Clash because I'm going to cast it and it's going to burn and blow up in my face and then the viewers can laugh. But you know what? In my personal decks, not going to run it. You have to force me to run this card because every single time I have the worst luck of this card. I hate the random cards. And Gamble, same thing. Good card. In theory, great card. Every single time, how, I get burned. I'll chaos swap my own thing. Arcane I'll hit like denial a, a, a rampant growth. What if you drew them into their other finisher? Like, you know, if you're chaos warping something, it's probably the best card in their deck. Because otherwise, why are you chaos warping it, right? And what are the odds that off the top comes another one, right? Like, what are the odds? What if you arcane Richard? denial them into their bomb, right? What are the, like, what are the odds? Know. Yeah, there's a very I, low chance of it happening. I agree with you that it's a good card. I agree with you that's a low low chance of it happening. But I get burned every single time, Richard. So I'm you're not gonna run it. Arcane denial. <laughs> Well, maybe you can't tell you get burnt by Arcane Denial because it goes in their hand. They have six cards. They could have had that bomb already. But this one is like in your face, like onto the battlefield. I Thanks, hate it. good sir. <laughs> I, 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 you're, you, what, you're trying to, you're trying to make me uh, concede that it's a good card. It's a good card. I still won't run it. This is my tier list. I put it as a C. I'll only run it because I have to. I mean, <laughs> because when you, I have when you, to, Richard. When you think about it, though, like a commander deck is going to be 50%. 50% mana, like lands and mana rocks most of the time. So, like, even just that, you're 50-50 that you're going to not really do anything. And then, like, spells don't do anything either, right? If your opponent reveals a non-permanent. So, it seems like mathematically, like, 75% of the time, this should be good. I agree with you. You're just, like, super unlucky then, I, yes. I guess. So, you don't even play this in mono red, like, in your personal decks, like, to that? No. Uh, even in mono. Wow. No. I'd, I'd rather like run Ugin or something if I really had to deal with enchantment. It's like I just don't wanna. I don't want any more Seth. I did. I used to run this in all my red decks. And what then did I just you flip that hurt you so bad? <laughs> I don't what know. Was man. flipped off the top so such many... that this card could never be played again. Basically, any bomb you can think of throughout the years, I flipped into like consecrated Sphinx. You got it. You know, just like <laughs> Mirari's Wake. You got it, Ugin. Yep, you got it. Sure, why not? I have flipped like, into the same spell that I removed. <laughs> <laughs> you want like I'll chaos swap myself and I'll hit like a freaking painful truce or something and it just fizzles and I just cry in my corner. I just hate this card. I'm uh, sorry. I acknowledge right. it's a good card. I'm just, yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> next next up, we have a card that's kind of a cross between Swords to Plowshares a little bit or Path to Exile a little bit. A little bit like a beast within. That's Assassin's Trophy. Uh two mana, Golgari Instant. Blow up any permanent and opponent controls, and they get to search for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield. Uh, notably, comes into play untapped. Notably, the reason that Richard really liked uh, Path to Exile doesn't work with Assassin's Trophy because you can't target your own stuff, but still, two mana 
any permanent your opponent controls. Uh, I have this one as an S tier, along with Richard, along with Krim. Uh, Tomer. Hi. How how did Assassin's Trophy hurt okay. you? What did your what basic did your opponent flip into that makes you not play they this commander the open island. He's I hate Assassin's Trophy is against landfall decks. You're like, oh no, I just made eight Baylaw tokens. I, okay, so real talk, I don't think I've ever ran Assassin's Trophy in, in any of my decks. I just, I, hmm. I forget that this card exists and when I look at it, I'm like, doesn't Golgari have better options in this like why would i run this over like beast within you know like isn't this just straight you... up better than beast this is just better than already beast i would much rather i would much rather give them a three three creature and pay one more mana for it than let them ramp crim crim understands no crim put this no. in s though what, what's going on <laughs> he's okay so... in this case of giving them <laughs> This this one I'm okay because this one's two mana. It gives them a land, yes, but it's two mana and it answers anything. It's one mana though, and it exiles. But it only exiles a creature. Also, Beast Within's three yeah. mana and exiles anything. Destroys. No, it doesn't exile. Destroys. Yes. Or destroys anything, yeah. And hmm. I do I do despise the three three. You see, like the three because I never have creatures, so I never have anything to block it, and I'm always just like, man, <laughs> this three. I have I've died many times to a three three that I have given people. So, um, I uh, and like Assassin's what Trophy creatures? in this situation, I'm okay with giving them a land because yeah, I kill anything with it, and it's two mana. That's so efficient, and in a Golgari deck. You know, like I'm probably not as uh, rampy as I am in green, or I mean, I'm still rampy, but like I'm I'm not as probably focused on being aggressive uh, unless I'm mono green. I I pretty much always ever. play this. If I'm if I'm in the colors, I'm just always gonna play it. Like yeah. I think it's uh, alongside Beast Within. Like I think that's number one and number two in my Golgari deck. Those are those are probably the first two removal spells I put in. Honestly, two mana. It's it's huge. Two and three it's, mana are it's way better, different. It's better Beast Within. But yeah, it's just Golgari, right? So you see it, it less often, right? You you see it less often because it's Golgari, and you need to have Golgari exactly in your deck. But it's just two mana to remove anything, and they get a land, right? They get a I, land. I, I don't want to. I might put. Them. I might put Beast Within slightly ahead of it, actually. Yeah, okay, just, okay, slightly. But ahead. they're 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 but they're very close to each other. Yeah, same S. same tier. Yeah, you, you got to give me a reason. Like, am I playing like Landfall Week on Commander Clash? Okay, better take this out, right? But other than I don't that, know, like when when I'm in Golgari, like the first the first spot removal i go for is usually like i put in deadly rollick i'll put Ooh. in uh beast within mm -hmm. and then like a nature's claim if i want to deal with like enchantments and artifacts like this never even crosses my mind as something to add to the deck okay, i feel like for me will it cross like, your mind uh, now maybe you forgot this card B. existed I'll put it as a B. I don't really run it as as ever, but maybe yeah, maybe I I guess I guess it's kind of better than I thought it would be. Oh, it's a B. It's a B. It's fine. <laughs> I feel like if you're playing removal that only kills one thing in Commander, you really want it to kill anything. Uh, that's yeah. what I put the highest value on uh, out of all these removal spells. So, and Assassin's Trophy does it. It does hit lanes too. I I respect it. I'll, you you Unless convince me. Cheap. I'll switch it to B. I'll switch it to like a as in solid like like B. mana costs. Mana cost is a big yeah. thing to me. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is both though. This is cheap and yeah. it's everything. Exactly. That's why I love this card. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Krim, what do you got for us for the the next one? So, 
it's going to be the, the the next one I actually play a lot. It's Anguished Unmaking in 28% of uh, decks. Uh, Richard's got it rated at an A. I've got it at an S. So does Seth and so does Tomer. Uh, this is just pay three mana, exile any non-land permanent, and you lose three life. Um, the, th the difference here between like, well, why is Beast Within and all that stuff, you know, three mana, why is that lower than this? Uh, and, and it's because I would rather lose the life. And then on top of that, the fact that I can exile, that's pretty awesome, right? Like, so, like, it's uh, essentially what is three life for a one-time thing, as opposed to leaving somebody with a 3-3 three, three body or, or anything like that. I don't want to deal with that. And, and you don't so, play creatures, so. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I can't block it, right? So <laughs> the thing here is I, I, I want Anguished Unmaking because it exiles anything. And exile is way different to me than destroy. I, I value exile just absurdly high. And if it's exile anything, I love that. That is not a land. Yeah. I mean, top tier Orzhov removal. I think this is like the number one removal spell if I'm in an Orzhov deck. I think this is the first yeah. one that goes in. Anything in black and white, I'm always looking to add this. To I part, mean, probably. me, Seth, and Krim all agree that this is an S and for all the same reasons, I think. But Richard, yep. Richard has it as an A. I agree with you guys. Y. It's pretty close. I don't know if it's... So I would play... <laughs> so I play Generous Gift above Anguish I'm making. I think the life... Paying three life matters more than giving them a token. Unlike Krim, I actually have creatures, so like your creatures are <laughs> giving the elephants <laughs> irrelevant. So it's pretty close to for me, but I think the life matters. The fact that it's two irrelevant. colors, I don't auto jam it in all my decks, but yeah, it is pretty good for all the reasons. Like if I like Beast Within, Generous Gift, this is an exile effect, right? It's just less versatile because you have to play Orzov, but I think it's a pretty good card. You guys can convince me as Alan. It's pretty close, <laughs> but I still I like generous gift over it, though. I don't, I, I wouldn't play over generous gift in in Orzhov colors. But the problem is with so many things getting indestructible and and like whatnot, right? Like or, that is true. You, you like everything now has indestructible. Like obviously, like the the Titan of a card, Avacyn's Memorial or whatever. You know what I mean? That card, you know that everybody yeah, yeah. plays. I'm kidding. That, <laughs> yeah, that no one, card. no one plays, no one plays that. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the, the I do think that genuinely a lot of things have indestructible now, and like people have lots of ways to to give indestructible. So I think the exile is just now where you have to be in Commander. I honestly Especially think your like, Coma's Vengeance. All these <laughs> new cards are printing to give. Uh, or Chroma's will, sorry. The Chroma's ones, the will would get rid of, get around it either way, though, because of protection. I feel oh, like I, I feel like exiling is important, but not so much because of indestructible. Like that is a bonus, but uh, for me, it's a recursion. Like for me, yeah. that's the biggest one because we've seen that in so many of our games where someone kills your thing and it's no sweat. No one really cares. Like oh, whatever, I'll get it back eventually. But when you exile someone's stuff, that's when the te the tears start flowing and the game plan falls apart because it's a <laughs> lot harder to uh, to actually get your card back from exile. Yeah, I I, I put this at, at my if I'm in Orzov colors, this is the first spot removal I'm going to add into the deck because yeah the recursion stopping recursion is huge but also just like if an opponent is running a pretty scary commander that is indestructible like Perforos God of the Forge you gotta you gotta have something to get rid of it and it's an indestructible enchantment so gotta get rid of it uh I think Coma I don't know if Coma gets gives itself hexproof but it I know it gives itself indestructible and I know that's super annoying well We'll move on. We'll go to it's the baby anguish I'm making. Uh, this is a card that I very much love to death. This is D Spark 
It's a white and a black, so Orzhov colors for an instant, that says exile target permanent with mana value four or greater. So unlike Anguish and Making, uh, this can only hit things uh, mana value four or greater, but it costs one less and you don't lose any life when you're uh, casting it. Oh boy, do I love this card. Uh, <laughs> I, I put it, I, it, it's, it, it's like, for me as a, as a person who budget brews a lot, like Anguish on Making, I keep looking at the price, I like, keep steadily rising, it's like, oh no, it's $5, it's like, oh no, you know, please, please reprint, please reprint. Uh, Spark has been where, I, where I've been at for basically any Orzhov deck. I've been putting it in all my budget decks and then slowly I've been incorporating it as like my secondary anguish and making because it has like very much exact same flexibility. Like, yes, it doesn't hit it doesn't hit everything, which is a little bit annoying. It won't hit the Rhystic <laughs> Study, it won't hit the Esper Sentinel, it won't hit the Draineth Magistrate, but for for most of the big threats, it's gonna get rid of it. And it's at two mana and you don't even, you don't lose any life for it. So it's pretty easy to keep up, uh keep up two uh, the two mana for it. It gets rid of basically everything that you need to. Um, and I really like it. It's neat. It's it's less than a dollar. So budget budget win. Yeah, easy oh. A. <clears throat> I feel like <clears throat> this is a card I was kind of excited about when it first came out, but I feel like it keeps getting worse and worse. I feel like we keep getting more commander sets. We keep getting more efficient staples in the format, and I feel like four greater uh, is just it doesn't do enough anymore. Like I feel like you don't hit a high enough percentage of cards, especially when you also consider how many similar cards we have. We have Anguish on Making, we got Utter End, we got uh, Vanquished whatever that's in Standard, or Vanishing Verse that's in Standard, we got Rite of Oblivion. There's like a million options for these Orzhov Exile spells now, and I don't know, why would I play one that doesn't hit like 50% or 75% of the cards that people play in their decks when I could play one that does hit all of it for one more mana or even the same amount of mana? Seth pretty much nails it right there, right? Like it, it is, it is just a card that continues to slide down the rankings for me. Uh, it, it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen, but like it's just okay. And that's just because cards are just getting better, and they'll like for the same mana cost, they will actually answer anything. I agree with Richard. all of you. Well, I said no. uh, <laughs> trash, unplayable. Like I don't no. know why you want conditional. <laughs> It's not worth saving one mana for the conditional aspect of it, right? And that condition is very big. Like, a lot of things, CMC 3 and under, will kill you or a combo piece or whatever in Commander. So, like, this this is, like, way worse than holding a Swords when someone plays, like, an enchantment to kill you, right? Because, like, you know you could have just, like, played more legit removal. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't like this card at all. Um... Even as a but, like, there's gotta be better budget options. Though, is there really no like better budget option? I I've had good experiences with it. Like 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 the I fact that it doesn't hit Rhystic Study is probably the <laughs> biggest strike against it for me. If it doesn't hit Rhystic Study, then then, then I'm gonna feel real bad. Or any That's three funny. mana combo creature, right? Like, <sighs> it's just mostly Rhystic Study. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like you can co- combo kill me, and that's fine, good beats. But if there's a Rhystic Study on the battlefield and I can't deal with it, I'll be really upset. Um, maybe maybe it's vanishing verse. Maybe deals with no. You know what? I'm sticking to my guns. It's an A. I like it a lot. I better see oh. this in every game. Oh. But you know what? I won't see it because you're gonna hold I it did. in hand while you die <laughs> to a three CFC creature. All right, I'll give it a B. All right, all right, Richard. <laughs> do, you, do you actually play it all your decks though? It's it's a large percentage of my decks. Okay. Tomer does play it a lot. Really as, lo- as long as you're consistent and you you know, I'm gonna keep it, it as an A. You know what? I'm yeah. sticking to my values. Uh, <laughs> 
as I change it back and forth. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Richard, what do you got for us? All right. Uh, next up, we have Utter End, uh, which is basically four mana Orzhov instant exile target non-land permanent. Uh, so Ooh. like one more mana than Anguish Unmaking, but you don't lose the life. Uh, I I have it as a C. It's like okay, I guess. Like if you have nothing going on, you can put it in your deck. But four mana to remove something is a lot. Like there's a lot. Like your Orzov, which means you have white, which means you have generous gift. So I just play that. And you have anguish I'm making. Yeah, so, you have anguish I'm making too. And D Spark. Uh, not, not that one. <laughs> ah, ah, <laughs> this is what you upgrade your D Spark into. <laughs> oh. Oof. So no so Tomer, uh, Tomer and Richard don't really like this card, but Krim and I both have it as A, and uh, I see this as the next step down below Anguished Unmaking. Uh, if I'm playing Orzov, Generous Gift, Anguished Unmaking, Utter End, those are three removal spells that show up in my deck pretty often. Uh, four man is a little more than I want to pay to any non-land permanent. Like, that is the drawback. And again, I do agree this is kind of like sliding down a little bit just as we get more and more cheaper options in the format. Also worth pointing out, Tor mentioned Anguish Unmaking uh, being a little expensive. This one's only a dollar. So if you want to play a budget Anguish Unmaking, you're paying one extra mana. You're not losing three life. And this card is bulk rare prices. So uh, D-Spark, uh, please. D-Spark has half the price. Uh, I'm not I'm not spending four mana for a targeted <laughs> removal spell. I'm sorry. That's just too much. It's way too much. Like, I, I like the flexibility. It's a little in anguish and making. But the difference between three and four mana is enormous. And the difference between four and two mana is huge. Huge. But the I mean, thing about I mean, that, D-Spark is a half price utter end. <laughs> I am the person that will usually care about something being one more mana, right? I've talked about how everything being one more mana is very much so expensive. But once again, I mean, like, this is actually one that was, like, sliding towards a B in between a B and an A for me. Uh, But it is still an exile effect, and I value the exile so much. Like, destroy, I I don't value it enough. And I I don't give you a 3-3, so I don't need to block anything. So this is great. I, I think this is a budget option, and once again, I, Exile. If, if there's anything, I just don't want you to ever have that card again. All right, fair enough. Have we ever We're seen gonna... Utter End on Commander Clash? That's my question. <laughs> yes. It's definitely been in some of my yes. decks. Have we? It's definitely been I, in some I've of my used decks. to run it, but like it really feels like 2011 magic as opposed to like 2021 magic to me. Four mana for... Thanks well, speaking on. speaking of 2011 magic, next on our <laughs> list, we have Terminate. One red, one black, instant Classic. speed, destroy a creature. Uh, does it say it can't be regenerated? Yeah, it can't be regenerated. Ooh. I don't know if it's bulk on Richard's days. skeletons. Skeletons, yeah. once again, hosed. <laughs> Always held back by these premium removal spells. Terminate. So, uh, so rating wise. <laughs> No one seems to like this one. It's in 20% of decks according to EDH rec, but uh, we got a D, a D, a D, and then Tomer, a little bit higher on it with a C. Uh, I don't know. So this card, to me, it only kills a creature. Uh, I, I like to have more flexibility than that. Unlike Swords of Plowshares, it is two mana, and the difference between one and two is big enough to make me not really like Terminate. So, uh, uh, and if you're in red and black, you just got a lot of different flexible options. You got a lot of wrath options. So I tend to not play Terminate, even though 
I don't know. I don't think it's the worst card. I can see an argument for having it be a C as like a filler level budget card, but uh, but yeah. So what do you guys think? I often don't ever play this. In black and red, you just have better answers. Just better answers that do more, that hit more, and then on top of that, some of them even exile. So, yeah. There's black and red cards that exile. There's one. Got, there's one from the Prosper Warp. deck. Oh, Remember, there's Chaos like, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, there's <laughs> Chaos Warp doesn't exile. It just shuffles I mean, in. Well, but there's there's like one one. There's like four mana. Yep. I don't know. It's I from the the D and D precon. You exile and then you can cast it or something. Yep. Afterwards, which is pretty cool. Hurl through hell, I think. I don't know. Yeah, that, I think that's. I forgot the name, but that card is cool. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything to add to this Tomer? Do, do it's you just actually, filler. Like it's I, just filler. I, I, yeah. Honestly, it's like it's like if I'm in a budget Rakdos deck, maybe I run it, but usually not because I'll put in like Price of Fame or something else uh, over it. But like, it's it's not it's not the the worst. Anyway, we'll move on to something that's a little bit more flexible, I guess. Uh, who is it on? All right, mm, Crim. It's yeah. Crim. So yeah. it is okay. Well, a spell that I will usually play sometimes actually. Uh, Bedevil, fifteen uh, percent of decks. Uh, Richard's got it at a C, Seth and I've got it at a B, and Tomer's got it at a C. Uh, this just blows, just destroys an artifact creature or, uh, like, or a planeswalker. Uh, it, it's a B. I mean, once again, like, I, I wish it wasn't destroy, in the, but, but, like, it, it's fine because you do need to kill, plane, like, you know, things that stop your planeswalkers, like the immortal sun, and, you know, artifacts are always a thing that need to be removed. It is still three mana. The the thing that's a little awkward is that its mana cost is very, very tight. It's black, black, red. So th- that can kind of be a detractor sometimes. Uh, unless you have Chromatic Lantern, of course. Uh, but but the, the, the main thing is just, yeah, this is just okay. It's pretty solid. Uh, I don't run it in every deck. It's definitely not an auto-include. Uh, but it's good in some. Yeah, I, I also had it as a B. It's somewhere between a B and a C for me. I think... Uh, hitting an artifact is a big upside. That's enough of an upside that I would play this over Terminate, even though it costs one extra mana. And then every once in a while, hitting a Planeswalker is relevant too. But I, I value the flexibility over the the efficiency, I guess, with the Bedevil versus Terminate. I basically never Meh. play this, even though I have it as a C. It's not like that mm-hmm. bad, but it's just hard to cast. I'd rather play Chaos Warp. I'd rather play like a Hagrid Mauling or something, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, like... There's just so many better options, and eh, it's like it's, it's just hard to cast. And I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate the flexibility, but we have better removal at budget, and we have better artifact removal, like creature removal at budget and artifact removal at budget. Like, yeah, it does both, but it's like three mana and it's double black and a red. I'm just, I just don't really reach out for it. Like, it, it's a filler card to me. So the only difference between it. And say a generous gift is enchantments, right? Mm, yeah, lands, but also it's lands, two colorless lands, and a lands, one color, right? And then mana cost. Yeah, but the, if you, so if you are in Rakdos, like the only thing is enchantments. That's the difference. But we've already this one super low. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't this is hard. To, yeah, I don't know. I just never because I guess I have Chaos Warp, and I always just play that instead. I think yeah, I'd rather weird. run this I, over Chaos Warp. I don't, well, of course you would, Tomer. Um, I don't, I don't know why I don't really play it either, because it doesn't seem like that bad of a card, but I, I tend to not put it in my decks that much either. It's always like close. If, if I, I think, want a I think flexible, it's always very close. 
if I want a flexible artifact removal, spot removal, I'm going to run Rakdos Charm over it like nine times out of 10. And then if I want like really efficient creature removal in Rakdos, I'll run like Deadly Rollick and I'll run like uh, Snuff Outs. Oh, I love Snuff Outs so much. Zero mana spells. Uh, and then just like the, the flexibility is nice, but it's three mana and it doesn't really deal with enchantments or lands. If it, if oh, it just hit like a lane or something, it would be like A+. plus. Yeah, no, I think that's true. If it hit one more thing, and yeah. I, I don't know, they'll, they'll print this card that hits enchantments at some point. Now that Black gets to kill enchantments, it'll be coming like in you another lose year three life or whatever. Commander pre-guns. Yeah, yeah. drawback. <laughs> Makes it fair. <laughs> All right, we're going to move into the realm of creature targeted creature removal in blue. Hello. Uh, color, color bend, anyone? I don't know anymore. <laughs> uh, this is... Uh, Reality Shift. Reality Shift is a two mana, one and a blue uh, instant to exile target creature, not destroy, exile. Each, its controller manifests the top card of the library, which means they put the top card of the library onto the battlefield face down as a 2-2 creature. And if it's a creature card, they can uh, turn face up at any time by paying its mana cost. Um, so if you hit a creature, you can just flip it over and by paying its mana cost. Um... Otherwise, you just have a two-two creature that will eventually die or whatever. I I think this card's pretty solid. Uh, being able to exile a creature in blue, back in the day, it used to be something to be like, oh my goodness, blue's actually destroying creatures, exiling creatures. That's insane. What what a what a shift in philosophy. Uh, now it's now it's more like you have a bunch of options. But I mean. It's it's still pretty darn good. Exiling over over uh, just destroying means it really hurts like graveyard focused decks. And doing it at instant speed for two mana is pretty darn sweet. Like, let, yes, your opponents are getting a two two, and sometimes they're going to get a creature out of it. But I think that's like it's pretty darn good. Uh, two mana is more than I like to pay usually. I think there's better options in blue. Weirdly enough, for creatures, but yeah, it's a solid B to me. I mean, B is good in certain decks only, basically, decks. or a small percentage of decks. And I think it's a card that's good in mono blue decks because mono blue isn't that good at dealing with things that are on the battlefield. The only other place where it's kind of sweet is, is like face down matters style decks like a Kadena or things like that. But in general, like in mono blue, you want a way to deal with creatures. This is one of the like three good ways I think that blue has or whatever to like actually kill a creature rather than just bounce it. So if you're in blue, uh, if you're in a two or three or four or five color deck though, then you get real options from other colors and you don't need this anymore. Agreed. Yeah. It's just, I think this is the only card we've agreed on. It's just solid. Yeah, <laughs> just straight bees across the board. I, I don't even All right, play so this we... card like ever though. <laughs> but it, I've like, cast it I can a few fault times. you for using it, right? Like it's okay, right? It's like fine, serviceable. I mean, if you're mono blue, or even if you're simic, I think those are two uh, options where I would see uh, a good a good argument for them. Yes, but we have something... You have capsize. Yeah, you have thing. bounce effects, but yeah. we didn't. We were focusing on something that was like, oh, I guess we could have added. No, if we added it, it would be too much. It would be too much. We're focusing on creature removal that can hit other things. Anyway, we're going to be moving on to something a little bit more contentious. Uh, Richard, what do you got for us? All right, we have Pongify, and uh, it's effective reprint ha ra rapid hybridization. So for a single blue instant, destroy target creature. It cannot be regenerated. That creature's controller puts a 3-3 green ape creature token into play. Hybridization does the same thing, but it's a frog. Frog uh, so lizard. Frog lizard. Uh, so single blue, 
destroy creature only. So not quite beast within, but they get a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, so me and Seth have it at B, Crim's at C, Tomer's at A. I think it's the same as Reality Shift. Like, yes, it's one less. It destroys a set of exiles, but I don't know. It's like okay removal that I basically never play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same thing. If you're in mono blue, you need to kill something. This gets the job done. If you're outside of mono blue, then it loses a lot of value because you got other options. Destroy clearly a, a an issue for me. <laughs> but <laughs> the main thing is, if I'm playing mono blue, why am I using this instead of stealing the creature? So that's why I have it at C. I know that stealing the creature will cost more mana, but I would rather just steal the creature. How are you going to steal like, the creature? Uh, and oh, well, and you got to steal it like sorcery speed usually. Speed. That, I feel like fine. there's some value to uh, in your blue deck to be like, oh my god, they cast some pump spells. I'm going to die to commander damage. Like save me, you know, Pongify. So I feel like I don't then, know. Then I bounce it, right? <laughs> then I then I would rather just tempo it. play and bounce yeah. it, right? So I can yeah. bounce or steal. Bounce it long enough till I can steal it. Bounce it until you can steal it. Plus, yeah. plus the 3-3. Three, yeah. three. The 3-3s three, always get you, Krim. So the 3-3s three, like. are a threat. That I won't <laughs> steal. But, like, you know, like, Entrancing Melody and, and Lowell Mage's uh, whatever from Zendikar Rising, these are all cards that I would play in place of it. Just because, yes, I can maybe destroy this, but I'd rather punish you for playing it by stealing it. <laughs> so then that way I can get you, right? Like, and I do love gotcha, getcha cards. So, uh, like, Pongify is just okay. I, I don't, I guess it's like, it dances between a C and a B for me. Like, I think it's, like, decent, I guess. But I still value reality shift significantly higher because of the exiling clause. So uh, I, I do I do like that it's got the cheap efficiency of one mana. But I just would rather, A, bounce something. So I'd rather play capsize in this place because that bounces anything. Or I'd rather just steal it. Fair. I think I'm really high on this card. I don't know. Uh, I put this as an A because I consider it like kind of up there with Path to Exile, to be honest. Like it doesn't go in the same deck, obviously. Like I, we, we talked about Path to Exile, about like Landfall and uh, Land Deficit cards and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of different unique things. But I really value instant speed removal of creatures at one mana. I think the difference between two and one mana is really, really high, especially in decks that aren't draw go. But... Uh, this one just seems like like it's it's perfect in a bunch of different decks. Like mono blue is gonna be fantastic. I also really like it in uh, is it decks because red doesn't really have a lot of instant speed creature removal that's super cheap. Like they have like if you have a bunch of snow permanents, uh, you have like scred. But I don't know how else you're you're dealing with it at, at one mana. Blue offers that much better than red. I think. So is it yes, warp. is is pretty good. Um, Simic, I think Simic also can, can use, uh, Pongify and Rapid Hybridization a lot. Um, so there's just a lot of, uh, instead. what? Just oversimplify. Oversimplify? But that's a board wipe. Then that's like yeah, five mana, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> but that's like two mana in Simic, so you're fine. Five <laughs> yeah, mana is okay. like two mana in Simic, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But, eh, uh, I don't know. I, I think this is a really good card. It's, it's definitely up there with Path to Exile. And if I'm in a color, if, if I'm in Zorius, Generally speaking, I'm probably going to be going Path to Exile because I'm going to be running, you know, the Knight of the White Orchids and Land Taxes and whatnot. Uh, but if I'm, like, in Bant or something, then I'd probably focus on Pongify over, over Path to Exile. So it's a, it's a really good day. I'm never upset that I have it in my deck, and I usually run it quite often. Uh, well, next on our list, we're heading into uh, the world of Commander... 
pre-con cards, and we have Deadly Rollick. So Deadly Rollick, four mana, black card, instant, exile a creature, except if you have a commander, you can play it without paying its mana cost. This is a card that I never play, but I have a thing about these cycle of cards, so I just uh, kind of refuse to play them in general, not because they're bad, but because I don't like them. I initially had <laughs> this as a, as a C, but then I read it again, and I realized that it exiles, and that made me bump it up all the way to A, actually. Uh, I don't think it's S, because I think it gets significantly worse if you have to spend mana on this. If you have cheap commanders that you're going to get down early in the game and be able to cast this for free, then it probably is the best black creature-only removal spell. I mean, exiling is huge. That's something we've talked about throughout this entire podcast. On the other hand, if you're playing big, expensive, top-end, seven, eight-mana uh, cards, and you're going to actually likely have to cast this for four mana, then I don't think it's worth it. So, I don't know. As far as the rest of the rankings, we had a couple of S's from Krim and Tomer, and then Richard, you're where I started out, uh, down at the C. So, what do you guys think about this one? I mean... I, I feel like the, anytime I have the opportunity to have a free spell, it's at least worth looking at, right? Even if it means that I have to pay four mana for it at some point, potentially. But it, other, I think the upside of just having my commander out and then just being freely able to remove something, uh, lure out that, oh, well, Crim's tapped out, so now it's time to go off or do something, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, for sure. And then I'll just exile it instead, right? So I, I think that there's just too many plays that are too sweet to pass up by not playing this card. Uh, and, and once again, I assume that in most decks, let's say you're in mono black, you're going to have Urbor, you're going to have tons of cheap ways or tons of ways to get your your pricier commander out. But for the most part, I feel like every commander deck that has black and should be playing some form of spot removal, this one will usually be free for me. It will usually be free. I love this card. I think this is a solid ass. I totally agree with Grim. Where, like, if I'm in black and I intend on casting my commander reliably, uh, Deadly Rollick is, is all upside, baby. Like, like, free mana, zero mana to exile a creature at instant speed. Exile instead of destroy. So it gets around indestructible and recursion. Oh baby, yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's really bad if you have to hard cast it. But I mean, like, how many how many people are high on ha Hagra Mauling? Where you're like, oh, if I have to hard cast it as four, that's still great because it can be a land, right? Well, well, can't you say similar things about Deadly Rollick, where it's like, yeah, sometimes you have to hard cast it as four, but it's still acceptable. But it's but sometimes you're casting it for zero. Not, I can't play not. it as a land on turn one. Though. I'm so confused. <laughs> where did this one come from? I'm confused. No, it's, as in, as in, like the the one side of it being worse or better. Like, okay, maybe that wasn't a good example. But the point is that the upside of this card, the the power ceiling of this card is so high. Casting the, it for the free, average cost is like say two or something. Is what Tomer's trying to say. Maybe acceptable. one point five, right? And that's very good for that, this card. That's a doom. Yeah, it's literally a, it's like a doom blade that can hit black creatures and it exiles. And everybody loves doom blade. So think about that. A. <laughs> Richard, what do you... Uh, Richard, you're not very high on this. Nah, I think this card's trash. I never play it. <laughs> I'll give it a C. Like, I can see why you could play it, but it's not... It's not worth it to remove only a creature, right? Like, if I didn't like swords, I think swords is significantly better than this card, right? Swords is one mana. Yeah. There's no conditionality on it. This one, there's a condition, and having your commander out is a big deal. Like, for Fierce Guardianship, like... You are trying to protect your commander. That makes sense. 
But for Deadly Rollick, you're just trying to remove something on the board. Like, what are the odds that you have your commander on the battlefield at that exact moment, right? And that it's lived through all of that and all that yada yada. Like, it's very difficult. Uh, so I I don't like the free aspect. If you're really high on free spells, play uh, Snuff Out, play Slaughter Pact. Like, I don't think those are worth it in your deck either, right? It's just not <laughs> worth wasting a card, even though you cast it for free on this spot removal, Especially since Black has such powerful sweepers, you know, like you could just, you know, bounce Decree of Pain or something. Like you just need to not die, right? So just ensure you don't die and then sweep the board and like resurrect the graveyard, draw 8 million cards, whatever. You're in Black, right? So I actually never play this card. I don't think you should play it. And it's hard unless there's some combo with your commander, right? Where you get your commander out and for zero mana, you can exile something and then go off. But like, I don't know. You don't need to save that mana. Isn't this a great way to not die though? Like if you're if your plane is not dying, how many times has have we had our commander on the battlefield? We're tapped out, and then the group is like, "Hey, let's kill that person before he gets to untap." I know Seth recently had to deal with that situation mm-hmm. on commander class. Minor spoiler: uh, mm-hmm. if you had a deadly rollick in your hands, uh, guess what? You exile the attacking creature and you live. Or, uh, again, like you're tapped out and you have your creature on the battlefield and then somebody's being like, all right, I play my combo commander or I play my combo, whatever combo piece is the creature. And then boom, you don't have, you're tapped out, but you still have the answer ready. That's why I value it so much. It's like, I really like, I like spot removal that costs no mana or costs one mana. Like that's, that's super big for me. There's, there's arguments for that, but to me, that's like never playing to the control player because they can counter something, right? Like, you got to play your game. You got to put shields down at some point, right? If you really think you're going to combo off, then don't tap out, right? Hold your mana up and, like, get them. But, yeah, like, for that, for that like, 10% chance they might combo off, I'd rather just play, like, aggressive cards to get something done and then, like, untap and then use uh beast within to deal with their thing right like as opposed to waiting the whole game for it because what if you play your commander and they wrath the board and then now you're tapped out uh you have no removal and you have no commander right like that that's a real thing your commander doesn't stick around forever right and you can't protect it like fierce guardianship right so there's a cost to dumping your commander out there okay well i still think it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) all right wait we're gonna (laughs) <laughs> I might have thought it's interesting because it's a very similar card without the commander so, aspect so of it, right? I, yeah, I, I snuck this in mid mid recording because I thought we're, we needed a couple more options here. Stuff adds one of my favorite. And I totally forgot about it. It's actually not played that much on EDH Frag. It's only two percent, uh, but it's like one of one of my top go to uh, removal spells in any any black focused deck. Um, this is another card similar to Deadly Rollick, where you can either cast it for free. Or you can cast it uh, for four mana. Uh, it's a three and a black for an instant that says, if you control a swamp, you may pay four life rather than pay its sp- the spell's mana cost. And you can destroy target non-black creature. It can't be regenerated. So take that non-black skeletons. <laughs> skeletons again. Bottom. But the point is, like, this one, this one doesn't skeletons. even need your... This one doesn't even need your commander on the battlefield. This one, as long as you have a swamp on the battlefield, you can cast it for four life instead of any man whatsoever, and oh boy, do I love this this one. And basically, any mono black deck, it's going instantly in there. Any two color black deck, it's going instantly in there. Any three color black deck, I'm almost always putting it in there. And then four and five, I just don't have enough swamps to reliably cast it for its alternate cost. But like, like yeah, you could like tutor up an Urborg or whatever. But I don't want to, I don't want to rely on that, you know. But 
This card is insane. So I put it as an A where it's good in a large percentage of decks, but basically just not four or five color for me. Hmm. Free removal. Free. I mean, okay, so so I put it as a D. I'm on the far other Woo. side of the scale. I can see an argument for it being a C. Uh or maybe a B if you really squint super hard. So basically, it doesn't kill all creatures. It has the non-black restriction, which I think is a pretty big deal in Commander. It costs life, which can be a big deal. I know you start with 40 life, but four is a pretty big chunk. That's 10% of your starting life total. And there are going to be scenarios where you go back to what we were talking about with Deadly Relic, where you're like, you need to save yourself from this attack. You need this free spell. If you're already low enough on life, you might not actually even be able to cast this and save yourself. There's also Deadly Relic. There's also Slaughter Pack going on. So my argument for bumping up any tiers would be to play it with specific commanders like uh, Villas, if you're trying to like death shadow yourself and you can actually benefit from losing the life or maybe like Demon Lord Belzenlock where you want your stuff to be over uh, four mana or whatever. But I never play this as just a generic removal spell, even in black, because if there's one thing black has, it's a lot of removal spells and there's just so many options. Isn't that a B then? You'd put it in like Villas and stuff? <sighs> I don't know. That's like give me that B. Give me that B. Give me that B. Small percentage uh, of decks. Okay. Good. Uh, Come on. Your opponent mind favors you, and all you have is. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, C. I'll go up to C. I'll, I'll split the difference with you. I'll go average. All right. Oh, if wait, no, average. I mean, it can't be average. <laughs> Back to D. <laughs> and when you put the average in there, there's no way. <laughs> Krim understands. Krim I, understands. I, I appreciate the free spell again, uh, <laughs> and and it, anytime I have a free spell, I will usually take a, a, at least a look at it and probably put it in a good amount of my deck. So snuff out's another cool one. So I don't know if I have it like up at an A, but I do like it a lot. So it's just once again free removal. I will. I, there's a freemium to that, and I will always take that. Because it's free doesn't mean it's good. It's still a card in hand, right? Free is always good. What do you mean? <laughs> no, it costs you a card that you drew. All you know how all that precious work you did to draw that extra card. It's now a snuff out. Are you pleased with that? Just <laughs> run more I, card draw. I, I think it's slightly better than Deadly Rolic, but at the end of the what? day, it's the same thing, right? Deadly Rolic. I'd rather pay better. four life than have my commander on the battlefield because. Your commander doesn't stay on the battlefield, right? It's very hard. So this is actually a free spell, right? Chances are you have a swamp, right? So this is actually a free spell. Yes, it doesn't hit black, but it's still single-targeted removal that's even more narrow than creature, right? It's non-black creature, and it costs you four life. So see, like, I can see why you would play it, but I don't really want to be playing it, and I'd rather play other cards. So see. We got the whole spectrum here, A, B, C, D. Ah, <laughs> I was hoping I could win somebody over, but okay. Mm. That's fine. Seth with the D. I'm just D for disappointed in you, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, what do we got? So, Richard. Crim. Oh, Crim. Yeah. So yeah. up next, we do have a personal favorite of mine. Uh, Hagra Mauling in 3% of decks. It's two in double black destroy target creature but its backside is a tap land that creates a black source i love this card i have this rated an s uh rich has got it at b seth's got it at s tomer's got it at a b i mean 
as you all know, I, I auto include this card. If, if it is in, if I am playing black, it's an auto include for one very specific reason. There should always be, I love that it's spot removal. And when it isn't spot removal, it can be a land, right? So just that on its own. And I value that very highly as someone who is often in need of lands. So uh, the, the thing here is like being, but being able to like turn that like land into a removal spell when you're flooded at instant speed, sure, I'll pay the four mana. And unless for some, and maybe for some odd reason, they don't have a non-basic land then, or they don't have a basic land, then sure. It costs three mana. <laughs> I mean, it's an MDFC, so of course it's great. I, I've killed people with the horrible, like, white Cabrias takedowns and stuff. Like, this yeah. just actually kills any creature. Like, it, it, it's great. And this is one of the ones, like, uh, MDFCs I try to play many of in, like, one to three color decks. But in five color decks, I usually have room for one MDFC from each color is usually my technique. This is usually the black one that makes the cut. So, <laughs> too much. Uh, so I think that makes it that makes it a nest tier. How are you putting these? They don't, they don't even manifest. They're just tapping. Restoration, Amiria's oh. Call, uh, Balagad Recovery, Hogger Mauling, and then Shatter's Call Smashing. Those five. All we, oh, always so in. I, those are the first I, five cards in. I just Garbage. pulled up our old MDFC tier list uh, just to check how we've changed over time. Uh, so Seth actually upgraded. He used to be A on Hogger Mauling. Uh, I'm exactly the same at B. Krim is exactly the same at S, and Tomer downgraded from A into B. So Tom it's interesting right. if we have we actually changed your mind or have we become inconsistent? <laughs> so I just, do, do you agree with the upgrade into S? I think so. I think I, I think I agree with it because I think when we initially did the podcast, I was skeptical of playing in five color decks, and that's what held me back. But as I played with them more, my current thinking is I still try to play some number of MDFC in five color decks, and this is the the black one that makes the cut. So I think maybe it's like between an A and an S, but I think that a slight upgrade is actually is actually right. Uh, is there anything higher than S? <laughs> you will was, was never catch me playing two? this card in a five color deck. Absolutely not. Double black things, and two and what double black two to, or three to cast. Color deck? Two and three color decks, I'll yeah. run it usually. Yeah. It's good. But four color, absolutely not. Five color, absolutely not. Because I don't I don't value a tap lane that doesn't mana fix in it four and five. And I don't value a four mana removal spell. And the fact that both of them come come together. Having the flexibility is nice. That gives it that gives it a little bit of a bump to like B. But being like bad in both scenarios does not make a good card. So it is a B. I will run it in every single mono black deck. I will run it in two color decks. I will run it usually in three color decks. But I'm not happy paying four mana to uh, spot remove. That's just a thing. Like I value cheaper uh, effects. And it doesn't mana fix in four and five. So it seems like trash to me in there. Um, but it's very good in the lower the, the lower color decks. It blows my mind that this is in 3% of decks according to EDA track. Like literally blows my mind. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> well, how, why do people not realize how good this card? Like 3%? Because it's That's a B, insane. Seth. <laughs> 
Well, I don't understand why people don't run more snuff outs, but... Oh, I mean, so EDH rec is heavily skewed towards pre-cons, people updating their pre-cons, card accessibility is a real thing, budget is a real thing. Like, we're like, what's the difference between a five color, or sorry, a five dollar card and a three dollar card? It's like two bucks. Times 60 cards. I got cards, only a dollar. <laughs> right? Times 60 cards. It, it adds up, right? You can't just, like, upgrade your cards by a dollar or two everywhere. But... You know, even though my rating's the same, I've actually come down on MDCs a little bit. Like, the S tiers are still high, but I've played too many decks with zero basics because I don't have any room to put basics after putting all the non-basics in. So, Hagra Mauling, to me, is not always worth that slot, right? Like, that tap land does matter. The fact that it's not a basic matters because I like don't actually have any room for basics. So, it's still good, though. But again, I'm not looking for spot removal effects that much, so I'd rather just play like a Field of Dead or something. Like if I'm going to use my utility land slot up, I'd rather just play like something else. So it's it's good, but I don't go nuts with it. It's fine, but it's not as good as Malakir or Birth. That's the true best MDFC in black. <laughs> it's, it's not as good and as I Soft will, Consumption. That's the sort I will fall upon. Soft Consumption. Ugh, the memes. <laughs> All right, whatever. We'll move on to Seth. What do you got for us? Uh, next up, we have Crib Swap. So Crib Swap is a two and a white, and you get a tribal shapeshifter instant that exiles a creature, and its controller gets a one-one shapeshifter creature token with changeling. So you get a get a creature that's all uh, creature types. So this is a card. I have it as a solid B. I think it's really bad as a generic removal spell. I don't know why you'd pay three mana, get a creature, and give your opponent a creature back when we've been talking about uh, generous gifts and Swords of Plowshares and Path to Exiles. Like, white is good at exiling and dealing with a single creature without the drawback, but there are shenanigans because it's a tribal instant, which uh, which we've seen, like Hakan, for example, uh, being able to like, cast things from the graveyard in the tribal, tribal-style decks and shenanigans like that. So there, uh, those are the decks that make it a B. In those decks that have uh, some sort of payoff for this being a tribal instant and can pull off shenanigans, then it's going to be one of the best removable spells in your deck in the other 99% of commander decks uh, play your your swords and your pass and your generous gifts or whatever that's fair it's a, it's the best it's one of the best cards in my tribal tribal deck so it's like an s s plus plus in tribal tribal it could be good in other tribal decks i guess um but otherwise you just don't run it so that's why i put it as a b like it's very good in a very particular subsection but Krim doesn't like it. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's... Good. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. You know what? Sure. I'll give it. I'll give it a B. I mean, it's Heck just yeah. it rides the line of being so mediocre that like that it would live up to just being average. <laughs> Right, so it's only good in tribal decks. Essentially, you would never yeah. put it in a non-tribal deck, really. But right? <laughs> and even in tribal I, decks, it's pretty I, questionable. Sure. So it's yeah, a, it, I, what do you mean it's questionable? It's cutting. You, you saw, you, you saw Hakan. You saw what Hakan was doing. With I, yeah, that. I mean, in that deck, it's insane, right? But that's literally like one single deck. Every other that's deck is it's like mediocre, right? That's why it's a B. I, <laughs> I feel like if it wasn't for Tribal Tribal being Tomer's favorite deck and him playing it several times on Commander Clash, we probably all would have given this D's. <laughs> like that, it is that one deck. <laughs> that's like I showed you the light. 
I showed you the light. All right. People have to respect the crib swaps, all right? I showed you what's up. That's what's up. Oh, yeah, it's so mediocre until I get you with it. And then it's not suddenly so mediocre, is it? And I get you. Sure. <laughs> I guess. It's an S, all right? <laughs> moving on. Homer's just upgrading <laughs> by the second. All right, moving on. We're going to Imprisoned in the Moon. I'm just going to read it because I don't remember whose turn it was to read these things. Uh, this is a three mana blue enchantment, two and a blue for an aura that says enchant uh, creature, land, or planeswalker. The enchanted permanent is a colorless land with tap to add colorless and loses... All other card types and abilities. So you enchant a creature, a land, or a planeswalker, and it just becomes a generic land uh, that taps your colorless and doesn't do anything. Kind of insane if you're targeting um, a commander with it because they don't leave the the they don't switch zones, so they can't go back to the command zone. So if you imprison a commander in the moon, then they're stuck there until you get rid of the enchantment, basically. So it's a really evil, salty-inducing, possibly. Uh, a way of dealing with commanders, but also in in blue, uh, you have now a way of dealing with planeswalkers and lands and whatnot, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, all of us, me, Krim, and Seth gave it a B. Richard, you gave it a D. You do not like this card. I'm actually shocked what up? that you what got it. <laughs> I don't think this is controversial <laughs> at all. Like, it's sorcery 4%. speed. Yeah, it's, it's sorcery speed, and you're ramping your opponent at the same, you know, uh -huh. at the same time. Like, if I need to sorcery speed something, there are many better cards I could be doing. If at instant speed I'm about to die, this isn't going to save me. So I could see it if you are like an enchantment matters deck or something, right? Or maybe played in my you play ley lines to get flash, or you know, you have something, but it's just terrible, right? I'd rather just untap and like. Wrath, bounce, whatever. Like, there's so many things I could be doing than imprisoned in the moon, and then you somehow ramp off of it, which is just like a kicker. Like, I don't know why. So, I actually. But you love ramp, Richard. Path to exile. <laughs> no, you this, this doesn't trigger. This doesn't trigger your bad white ramp, right? Or does it? What, but, it, it, it is. It's a land. It's a land. It, it does, does trigger. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But think about this that. Is rated. This is got to be rated high. <laughs> wait, that has wait, to be wait, an wait, a wait, for wait. Richard. Richard, what about what about like? hard to deal with commanders but why are you dealing with it at sorcery speed on your turn right well the I, thing I just is, let uh, it do whatever it wants and then if they try to kill me with it respond to it at instant speed right or you never have to worry about it by just turning mm -hmm. it into a colorless land and now they have to struggle to find a way to deal with your own enchantment uh, and they're upset with you and like you, you're down a good. at the table. <laughs> well, like, but but you, but they're imprisoned in the moon. They can be as mad as they want to be until they get out of the moon, right? Like so. I feel like blue doesn't need that that much though. Like blue has counters, blue has bounce. Like blue can steal creatures. Like I don't know. In other colors that don't have all those options, and I think permanently dealing with a commander has more value. The reason I have it to be is just purely enchantress decks. Like I actually agree with like ninety nine percent of what Richard said. But to me, it's a card that I think if you're playing an enchantment matters deck, then this is like one of the better options that you can be playing in your removal slots, which would make it good in a small percentage of decks. I will say overall, removal spells that. Uh, stay on the battlefield and go away once they die, I think uh, are not very good in Commander anymore because we have so many options that are spell-based and actually deal with the thing forever that I'm not a big fan in general of Imprisoned in the Moon and Oblivion Rings or any anything that that style of effect uh, in general. 
O-ring I'm is not is not great anymore. Um but but I still think there's room for like like example how you oubliated my scarab god. That was that was, that was pretty sick. Right? So yeah. like is it the O-ring same... strictly better than no, because o- no. O-Ring puts it back into... Like, if you put on a command, the command zone. put it back in the command zone. Oh, and where yeah, is this? No, no, no. This but is you essentially can... an oubliette. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. yeah. It's an oubliette that can hit lands and planeswalkers. So that's right. Kind of that is sweet. Uh, that is kind of sweet. Hmm. And, 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 like, maybe instead of having to bounce the commander, what if I just tuck it away? What is kind of like the commander tuck rule for until you answer it? I... I I will run like Pongify and rapid uh and rapid hybridization over this nine times out of ten, but there are two decks uh that I think this this is an all star in, and Seth already said Enchantress like specifically like the Aura version of it, super super good, in those decks because it's an Aura that deals with you know stuff very effectively, um but also it's even better it is a plus it's an S tier in one particular deck. And that's Moonfolk Tribal, because you're literally oh you're imprisoning them in the moon. Uh, Boom! Just, Boom! Got him! Cut the podcast. The music. Flavor win. You can't. I already won. What, what can you do? I already won. The Moonfolk have 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 risen to the occasion. You know the tides. Have turned? the Moonfolk won outside of that? <laughs> I don't like maybe maybe I'll concede that point it's then. How about the, the flavor <laughs> win is the only win they get accomplished. <laughs> they gotta well, take. Well, what I they mean, can. how else are you gonna win with Moonfolk? <laughs> I actually did win on with Moonfolk by the one Commander Glass, so I I I, I dare you mm-hmm. to, to, to to try to uh, belittle the Moonfolk, but Imprison the Moon is definitely their their silver bullet, if you could say. Um. <laughs> anyway, I like that. Anyway, uh, okay. So we're gonna be skipping over to a couple other things that are played a lot on EDH Rec, but we're just gonna like quickly go over them. Uh, Putrefy is a three mana. It's a Golgari one, three mana instant. Destroy target artifact or creature. It can't be regenerated. Uh, Richard, Seth, and Krim. I'll put it as a D. I put it as a C just because it's budget filler essentially. And then we got like the 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 Orzhov version of it is Mortify. Uh, it's the same thing, except it hits creatures or enchantments instead of artifacts and creatures. Again, D's all around. I give it a C because budget filler. Uh, then we got Abrupt Decay, which nobody liked. Uh, it's a Golgari instant, two mana. Can't be countered. Ooh la la. Uh, can only destroy a non, uh, non-land permanent with converted mana cost three or less. Not very good in a Battle Cruiser magic. You know, it gets a little good bit Good in CDH. Good in CDH. Uh, otherwise, D-Spark all the way, baby. Um, it's like the opposite, but better. Yeah, I, I'm uh, actually I, curious about this. Why do you think D-Spark is so much better than Abrupt Decay? Aren't they two coins of the same thing, except this one, Krim, can't counterspell? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, or are you I, saying I like all threats in Commander are four or more? There are, all threats aren't four or more, because like Rhystic Study is a big one. Yeah. I think, I think the majority are... are Four or more, and also it exiles instead of uh, can't be countered. So I think that's a that's an upgrade. Yeah. But D's, so I'm, we're not we're, nobody's gonna fight for it. I guess we're gonna go over to the last one that I think is is noteworthy. Uh, doesn't see that much play. The, so putrefy twenty percent, mortify fifteen percent, abrupt decay seventeen percent. That's why we mention it, but we're not gonna talk about it because nobody likes it. Uh, this is one that I just threw in. Uh, because I thought it's notable that no, that few people play uh, Mythos of Nethroi uh, at at seven percent on EDH Rec, which is kind of low. 
Uh, this is a t a, an Abzan spell. Um, it's two and a black, um, and it destroys target non-land permanent. Uh, if it's a creature or if you pay green and white uh, to cast a spell. So you can either uh, cast it for two and a black to destroy target uh, creature, or if you spent uh, Abzan colors, green, white, and black to cast it, you can destroy any non-land permanent. So if you spent Abzan colors to cast it, it is essentially a generous gift slash beast, with, beast within. Uh, it doesn't hit a non-land permanent, but it doesn't give your opponent a 3-3 token to punch you in the face with every single turn. And uh, I don't see it that often. We don't really cast it. I honestly forget that it exists nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. uh, we gave it an A's across the board. I saw I saw Krim had it initially as a B, but I think when I mentioned it doesn't have a creature, he immediately <laughs> swapped over to <laughs> Look, yeah. Why, why, why do you think we don't play it? Is it just Abzan. because it's Abzan? Abzan. Because you have to Abzan. Generous gift yeah. are in the exact same colors, but yeah, that's, better. Uh, Wait, so what would you play better. in the Abzan deck? Would you so play you got, a generous you, gift over Mythos? Yes. You got generous no. gifts, you got Beast Within. Yeah. Those are over Mythos. Then you have Anguish Unmaking, which is kind of the same. But this, yeah. is, but Mythos is better. You got Assassin's Trophy, which I think is better than Mythos because it's that. one mana less and it hits lands. So there's just so many other options competing for. Although I do think it's really good. The problem is, as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, how many how many of these targeted removal spells can you afford to play when that aren't rats that aren't sweeping the board that are just killing one thing how many can you afford to play so i think that mythos is really good but it sometimes just gets caught in the in the numbers game because this color combination has so much really good flexible removal i mean from from a, a recent commander class you know i will always make room for this i i played like six board wipes in an aggro deck right not even counting the the undo inversion so that's seven so i think like a chunk of my decks will always be a ton of removal and if they're not removal i am praying that i am somehow going to kill you much faster like so i i think spot removal there's always like at least four to five spots I will run this it over. doesn't play win con, so he has all <laughs> my commander. <laughs> my commander is the win con. Okay, <laughs> that, yeah, that nine times out of ten, your commander is like Navinral, and it's also a removal spell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but a win con, right? <laughs> I guess. Making all your opponents, yeah, want to stop playing is kind of a win con. <laughs> Gift of immortality. <laughs> <laughs> on and Epineral, and then just do that party loop over and over. Got it. Are you sure you don't like Alrin's Epiphany and Standards? I think you'd love it Control. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like extra turns. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I will write it over Generous Gift and 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 uh, Beast Within, not because it's a better card, but Hipster Appeal, you know, because it sees <laughs> a lot less play. So it's like, when you have the chance, you, you run it, you know? I'm only going to run like four Ab target removals in a deck, but... Uh, Abzan has so much good removal. That's the problem. Yeah. It, 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 Abzan on its own, I actually don't see that many Abzan decks, but if you do, they have access to the best removal in Magic. Yeah. It, yeah. I would go like Swords and then Anguish and Making, and then probably like a Generous Gift or something, and then maybe a Mythos. You know, I, there's, I there's I, too many options. It's really I good. think maybe it goes Swords over it. Assassin's Trophy, Anguished and Making, D-Spark. All right, let, let, let's get let's get <laughs> yeah. your top three, three top five. Three. We have a lot of S's. I want to hear your actual rankings for like top, top, top removal. Oh, top, top, oh. easy. I'll, so I, I already I, got it. Top threes. Oh. 
Yeah. Top okay. three right off the bat, we've got. I would go with Hagra Mauling. <laughs> and I'd go, I'm not even joking because of the MDFC mode. Swords to Flash Shares. I think that's just way too nice to not play. And then I think like I after that, it'd probably be if I'm in Golgari. Okay. I would have to just on power. I think I would go Assassin's Trophy, but I think it's anguished unmaking. So, so I think for me it's hard because I tend to think of removal by color, and I kind of have like a ranking in my head. Like in these colors, this is the order I play them in. But overall, I think I'm going to cheat a little bit and throw Beast Within and Generous Gift together because they're essentially the same card that are just color shifted. I think uh, they would be number one, followed by Swords to Plowshares, and then followed by. Hmm. The last one, the last one is the toughest one. I would probably go with uh with anguish unmaking though. I think I'd go anguish unmaking in the third slot. I think I'd go top one, anguish unmaking. Second one has to be swords of plowshares. And then depending how I feel, it would be either uh like a generous gift. I think generous gift is better than beast within because elephants are just better than beasts. Mm-hmm. Um it would be like generous gift or like a deadly rollick. I think those are those are the top ones. But it's it's a hundred percent anguish on making number one. Number two has Agri-mauling. to be swords of plowshares, and then number three would be like generous gift. Generous gift. I'll go generous gift. Fine. Or hagramalling. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my my top three: beast within, generous gift, chaos warp. And you'll notice oh. they're all the same card. They are, <laughs> and they're all easy to cast. And that's all you need. That's literally, that covers my spot removal for all of my decks. <laughs> Black and blue, I don't play spot removal, right? So that literally covers all spot removal. <laughs> I'm, I'm eager to see the stats on Commander Clash. Like, what what do we actually end up playing the most? We have weird, really weird restrictions. So that's going to alter things a little bit. But it would be cool to see what we we get on average, what our top most target removal ends up. We actually were called being. out last podcast that every time we make these lists, we we there's a bunch of cards we never play. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair we enough. Gotta, we got to we got to actually we got to jot it down. Cards. You know, well, you got to jot it down and, and play we, these cards. I we say a lot of things on the podcast, though. Like we keep saying, like Richard can't keep getting away with it, and then Richard keeps getting away with it. So, like, I mean, there's a lot of things we say but not do. So let's see if we can we can stick to it. We'll we'll see. And also, uh, that's gonna be wrapping up our list, everybody. So on Spotify, if you uh, disagree with us or agree with us, you can uh, reach us directly at Tomer at mtggoldfish.com or Richard at mtggoldfish.com or you could just, you know, uh, send us a clash mail over at Twitter. If you use the hashtag clash mail, you can send us a message. We'll check it over there. Um, and then also, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can, you know, make sure to like and subscribe. That really helps us out if you enjoy it. And if you disagree, uh, maybe how about you give us your top three uh, best removals in the comment section below. We'd love to check it out and see maybe if we're wrong or if you agree with us or, or, or whatnot. Or maybe there's uh, cool stuff that we actually left out in our in our list that uh, maybe you should bring up to our attention. We'll check that out as well. And that's going to be it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening slash watching slash whatever medium you're actually uh, tuning in. And until next time, friends. See ya.